0: Welcome to the Nebraska
1: Hawk's Nest. These guys are brave! They're Hawkeyes, living in enemy territory.
0: Listen, these guys are way past their
2: prime,
1: but they're still Hawkeyes! They're spreading the Hawkeye height to all of Nebraska! The frost advisory is cancelled. Corn huskers? More like cornsupples.
2: Are you ready for this podcast? Welcome back to the Nebraska Hawks Nest. Make sure to give us a like, maybe a subscribe so you can get all the latest updates on our Iowa Hawkeye legend interviews. Other than my co-pilot, Jerry, today, we are joined by Iowa Hawkeye great, Tavon Smith. What's going on, man?
1: Not much, man. How are you guys doing?
2: No, we're doing pretty great. We're excited to have you on and for you to catch us up on, on what you're up to right now. One of our favorite Iowa Hawkeye receivers of all time. Where are you at right now? Where are you living? And what's going on with you
1: right now? Um, Right now, I am in Florida. I'm in the Fort Lauderdale, Miami area training um, with another Hawkeye, actually, uh, Greg Maiden. So we're just out here training and, you know, just trying to stay in shape. (laughs) <laughs>
2: all right. Um, are you guys? How many days a week are you guys training? Like, is it like a five on two off? Are you going seven days a week?
1: Um, we pretty much go five days a week, uh, whether it's training or going on the field or getting treatment. So, pretty much, yeah, pretty much uh, every day. All right, awesome. We're we're
2: gonna um, start out with your recruitment process at a high school. Um, from all the research that I've done and looked at, it sounds like UConn was pretty heavy. Um, on you and really want to want to sign you and have you be a have you become a husky uh, what was it about iowa that made you eventually decide to become a hawkeye and what were some of the other schools that you were really strongly considering and and how did that recruitment go
1: yeah i mean for me um yukon was definitely uh, number one priority at, at the time um it was close i went to school my the high school i went to was kent in connecticut so they were they were able to come to to a, to a few games and practices. Um, and my other offers were Temple, uh, University of Miami, and of course, Iowa. Uh, but the one thing that stuck out out of all the schools was the longevity of the coaches. Um, now looking back at it, UConn, at the time, I believe was Coach Pascaloni He got ended up leaving, getting fired. Temple, I, um, Coach, I believe, Adazio, he was no longer there, went to Boston College. And then University of Miami, Al Golden ended up getting fired as well and was no longer there. And Iowa's coach, of course, Kirk Frantz, is still there now. So, um, I mean, I'm happy I, came, I went with that decision um, and picking my school. And that was the most important thing for me. Uh, and, of course, everything was just a bonus. You know, the, the facilities, the people, um, obviously, just the college town uh, fell in love with it from when, from my visit. So, all that stuff was a bonus. But the main thing was just you know the longevity of the coaches. So,
0: so Tavon, tell us about where you uh, like where you went to high school and where your hometown is from. I mean, you, you weren't exactly kind of in the normal recruiting hotbed. I don't think uh, the, from where a lot of players come from. So tell us about your background.
1: Yeah, um, I'm originally from Toronto, uh, Canada, and um, my dream was to always play D1 football. My dream school was at the time we were just so close uh, to each other was was Michigan State um we're we was only four hours away from home and that they played they play a lot of Michigan State games um in Toronto so for me growing up uh, I went to a school called uh Chaminade it was all boys school I I, I actually before that I went to a school called Central Tech was was one of those um highly profiled like football schools at the time but when I got there I think I kind of missed that wave of like the good football program. So I ended up transferring um, after it wasn't the best situation for me, you know, getting in a little bit of trouble. So I went to the all, to the all boys school, ended up working out had great, met great people there, had a great mentor, my football coach. And she um, was sending out film to a bunch of schools. So for me was um, I ended up getting, I ended up getting to the, into, into Kent school um, and able to play football there. And that's when, you know, a man named Kurt flew out to Kent, Connecticut to visit me. Uh and yeah, the rest is history, I guess. All right. Uh Jer- Jerry uh just got a new chair. That thing is
2: creaky as hell. I can hear you. Is that your new chair, Jerry? That's,
0: no, that's the old chair, actually. So You need to switch that thing chair. out.
2: I keep hearing like that's, it's a haunted house. Like a, ra- ra-
0: I, Actually <laughs> at my at my age that's a, that's just my knees at my age. That's not the chairs. <laughs>
2: I'm like trying not to laugh the whole time he's talking. I keep going. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So after you you had some time in the NFL with like the Colts, the Mm -hmm. Jags and and the Raiders, Um, moving, moving on to the CFL, tell us about what that transition was like and what it's been like playing in the NFL. Cause I believe you signed a two year deal uh, to play there. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, So, I mean, I, I grew up, I grew up going to, going to CFL games, of course. And, um, but the one, the one thing, like I said, my goal is to play D1, D1 football. (laughs) And then my, uh, of course the NFL. Um, so in high school, you know, I don't know if you guys are too familiar with the CFL is that we have like a 10 yard, uh, start, Mm -hmm. And for me, when I was in high school, I told my coach that I didn't want to do that. I want to be on the outside. I don't want to move. I don't plan on playing in Canada or whatever. So I ended up, um, yeah, playing on the outside, not having the motion at all. Thank God, because I didn't end up motioning like when I was at Iowa, leaving to go play football in Connecticut. And then um obviously mm-hmm. I had a chance of going to go into NFL. But now that I had now that I had the chance to go back to the CFL, I was like, damn, I have no experience of running off the ball. So that was a that was kind of a shocker for me. But I'd say it was been a great experience and I've learned from a lot of a lot of um a lot of great uh, football players and CFL players that I've not only grew up with um, or grew up watching, I was able to kind of meet and kind of learn, learn um, from, from at least uh, a lot of the guys that are, that are known to be one of the best in the CFL as well. So yeah, mm-hmm. like, like I said, growing, coming out of coming out of high school, coming out, I, I mean, I was recruited, I was recruited by almost every high school in Canada. So I was able to meet a lot of those guys in the CFL. And of course, um, you know, even with being an NFL a little bit and going to Iowa, I was able to kind of meet other, you know, high profile CFL athletes that I was able to, um, to to learn from as well. So for me, it's been a it's been a I would say a smooth transition because of um, the people that I've ended up, you know, becoming friends with and, and learning from. Uh, and it's like I said, it's been a great experience so far. So if you were to sign with an
2: NFL team, are they obligated? Like, is it written in your contract they have to let you go? Or is there going to be uh, an, an, an issue there with you being under contract?
1: Um, well, in some cases, you can ask for a release. Um, in other cases, uh, it just it, they, they just pretty much have your rights, uh, just depending on your situation, your contract. Um, I know, like you said before, I signed a two-year deal, but I had, like, I had to just call a one-plus-one, so after my first year, if there was any sort of interest from the NFL, I had the option to either sign the contract for the following year or not sign it and, you know, um, I guess uh, see my options. Um, okay. I decided I decided to stay um, going into that second year, but I was able to also have that option. If I did sign, I would be able to maybe ask for a release or whatnot. So they don't kind of, they, they don't really hold you down into your contract if the NFL team um, wants to sign you which is good.
2: Yeah. No, absolutely. And, and wanting to know like full, the full kind of scope of the Canadian um experience. Do you get like so do you get like an apartment when you're up there? Is it just kind of a temporary thing and then you come back to the states and how difficult was it to learn Canadian?
1: Um well, for me like I said it wasn't uh <laughs> to learn to <the> Canadian. <laughs> I, I'm
0: sorry. <laughs> I, I was thinking language that's why I couldn't No you know, that's was, that
1: was my joke. I was like <laughs> so how long
2: did it take you to learn Canadian?
1: Well, for me it wasn't too hard cuz of course I'm from there. Um, yeah. But you're going to have to ask me a question again cuz I told totally you right now. <laughs> the, like did you get like a do, do you get like an apartment when you're up there staying yeah, or like right. you tra- yeah. So, when I when I got out there um Obviously, training camp we stay in a in a hotel, and then I eventually got in a, got a, a little yeah an apartment a condo, um, and stayed there for six months. And then it's kind of pretty much what everybody else does. You, end up, you kind of get paid for the season, and you then you leave. Um, I didn't plan on uh, staying in Edmonton where I play. It's a beautiful city, but I mean I I, I mean Toronto I feel is a better a better city. Um, and I, and of course you know I'm 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 always out in the U.S. as obviously. I got, I mean, I went to high school out here a little bit, and of course, college. And, you know, all my I have a bunch of friends and, um, out here. And, you know, training is, I mean, I've, I've created a, a, you know, I've built a good team around me of guys that I train with. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that's that's kind of how, how I was out there. Just me um, staying out there for six months and then leaving.
2: What would you say culturally is the biggest difference between living in the States and living in Canada?
1: Um I wouldn't say there's a huge difference. I will say that it's really cold out there. Yeah. <laughs> um I also wasn't able to experience um other places in Canada until I got to the CFL. So, um okay. there's a couple of places that I've never been before I've, and I've never really been outside of Toronto. Um I've been pretty much everywhere in the US, but in Canada, I mean I, I haven't been to uh, Vancouver before. I never went to Montreal before. I never got to see beautiful places in Calgary, um, a place called Banff, which is beautiful. Um, so I mean, it, like I said, it's been a fun experience so far. Um, and I yeah. So
0: yeah. before Adam asked you how long it took you to quit saying "a" after every sentence when you moved to <laughs> Iowa City, let's uh, let's move on here. So <laughs> <laughs> Hey,
2: it was I'm. Great. It was today, quick. I'm- I'm fascinated by the Canadian (laughs) life.
0: So, Uh, so going back to uh, when you started at Iowa, you know, you you had this electric uh, way. You 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 you, to me, you were the master of the one-handed catch. And I mean, you could make catches in traffic one-handed. You could, I mean, it was just like you had claws on that. Was that something you always had, or I mean, was that hard work that you had to develop that? Or I mean, what take us into a practice of a receiver? And I mean, did it just come natural, or I mean, what did you have to do to become? The guy that could go um, into a crowd and just will, grab it.
1: I, I will say that when I first got to Iowa, um, you know, there was a lot of guys that that did a lot of extra stuff on the side. And I kind of migrated towards that, you know. Um, Kabonte Martin Manley was one of them. One of the guys that I, that I definitely looked up to. And he's one of those guys that was always – you know, like, hey, let's catch, after, let's catch after practice. Hey, come to my house. I'm about to. We're gonna catch a hundred balls. Catch two hundred balls. So, um, during that time, while he was there, I was able to kind of, you know, um, fall into that routine. So for me, um, I'd say that um, that would definitely help me, and it definitely became second nature catching the football. And then it started. To, then it started. Um, we started practicing catching with one hand. Um, you know, and doing all doing all that fun stuff as well. So I would say, you know, that was definitely one thing that, that that helped me uh along the way while I was there. And I mean it still carries on now. Um catching the football every now and not every now and then, all the time. Um just making the, the, the making sure the football's always close to you. Mm. What's what's Cavante uh Martin
2: Manley up to now? We haven't heard a lot from him. I know he was starting that two star clothing brand, and then I haven't mm-hmm. heard a lot about it since uh what's he up to now?
1: I know he's um he's working I know he's training a little bit. I believe he's I actually don't know exactly where he's living now, but he's doing really well. Last time I spoke with him, he's doing really well. Um has a, a little family, has a has a has a a daughter now, so he's doing well and I'm a, yeah, we 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 talk every now and then. I mean, it's it's kind of hard to keep up with all these guys, especially when they start having kids, right? They get real busy. So
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we know that. We know how that
0: goes. Yeah. yeah. So go back early in your career, then going going back to the one handed catches here. Now I'm I'm the one handed catches what Adam is to uh, Canada, but anyway, yeah. um, that Northern Iowa game, you know, it really it's a highlight reel catch. Still, you uh, you're in the you're in the corner of the end zone. You you pull it down one handed as you go in from I believe Rudolph mm. was the quarterback. You yeah. know all this repetition, all this practice goes into that. What was that feeling to you know to to pull that off? And I mean just you know just I guess to have that highlight.
1: Um, I mean, I guess for me, uh, I, it's kind of funny because looking like at the time, I don't know if you guys remember, I think it was literally a play before or two plays before that was the play where I kind of reversed the field Mm -hmm. and I was dead tired. And I was, (laughs) I, and, and as soon as I, 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 after that, I came out for one play, I was sipping wine. They were looking for me to get back in They're Like, are you ready to go? And I just looked at them like. Yeah, but I I wasn't ready to go and that play was for me and I was dead tired which is why I pretty much was too lazy to catch with hand because he was I was I, I was just so I felt so weak cuz he was holding he mm-hmm. was holding my left hand but I just didn't have the strength at the time cuz I was just so tired so I just threw my right hand out there. So that's kind of behind that but I mean the fact that I came down with it I was super happy about it. Thank God we we know we practiced that kind of stuff like, uh, like for fun. So for so so to actually come down with it was, was definitely a good feeling.
2: All right, Tavon, I want you to dig deep in your mind here. You get uh, get to choose two of your teammates at Iowa. You're going to go out in Iowa City, and you can only pick two of your teammates to go out. What two teammates are you picking, and where are you going?
1: Mm, so On a Friday two night. teammates.
2: Yep, two okay. of your teammates.
1: <laughs> two of my teammates. I got to pick go out.
2: Yep, in Iowa City, Friday night or just I- in Iowa City on a Friday night.
1: If you want to have a good time, I have to pick one or two people. I would say Jordan Lomax. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And probably George Kittle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I, All right. Where are you I, ga- I, Where are you going to take these guys? Hmm. I mean. The question is where are they gonna take me. Okay. <laughs> those, I yeah. mean, those, those guys. Those guys, are, those guys definitely are, are two guys that 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 know the places. They know all the spots. Um, yeah. I will say, I've, I've had. I've, it's funny because I've I've been to places with Lomax but have ran into Kittle every now and then in the same places. So they 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 have common um, interests. Well, we want us
2: to really? We really want to dig into this 2015 season. It was a pretty special year. Um, really, if you can dig deep and walk us through uh, the progression of that season and your guys is really just refuse the refuse to lose mentality, um, making it through going 12 and 0 all the way into the mm-hmm. Big Ten championship. Walk us through what it was like playing on that team and just the camaraderie that you guys had.
1: Um, I'd say, I mean, with that team, it it was pretty much everybody that we, um, everybody that we came in with. So we had a very strong class, like a lot of guys that, that, that came there ended up staying there. Um, you know, sometimes you have a lot of guys commit and they'll be there for maybe a year or two, but obviously it doesn't work out for them. And end up transferring did, I noticed that, you know, if you, if we have, there's a picture of all the seniors in front. At um, The Big Ten championship game. And there's a bunch of us up there as captains. And um, that was that's pretty much all the guys that we all that we came in with. Um, I think that was the biggest thing with um, with that team is that we had a lot of guys that's been there that been through it all and was able to, um, of course, be a part of, you know, a great team because, yeah, like I said, the camaraderie and the leaders on that team, I think that was the, a huge factor into why we uh, went undefeated that season.
0: Going back to before the season, even coming into it, Tavon, it was uh, the quarterback battle between uh, Jake Rudock and C.J. Bethard as a receiver and with that going on, you know, did that kind of put you in the middle of things? Was there a lot of uncertainty on your, you know, on your part? Or how, how, how was it for you going through that? transition in that quarterback battle
1: um honestly for me it, it, i mean i was i was fine with with either quarterback they're both great they're both great guys at the time so i mean the, the the thing is obviously you know from the outside looking in you see them on game day but we we they pretty much split rest throughout practice anyway so whoever we we, we were with that week um that's where we were going with that game so for for me it was just you know, whoever we're practicing with is whoever we're playing with, and I'm not with, with whatever. I mean, I'm a receiver. My job is to catch, and whoever whoever's job is to throw is that. That's not that's not my place. So, I mean, whatever – and that, that that goes in any – I mean, even right now, I mean, we have our quarterbacks, but one quarterback goes down, you have to work with the other one. So, at this point, you know, it's just – it's not, like I said, the coaches do what they do and I do what I have to do. So for me, it wasn't really a big issue. I was, I was, I was fine with Jake and I was fine with CJ. So.
2: I'm I'm glad you asked that Jerry. That was a really good question. I, I totally get where you're coming from there. Tavon, you got, you got to just roll with it. And that's the best mindset to have because if the guy that you really want doesn't get the job, that's going to screw you all up. And so you Mm -hmm. just got to make the best of it and, you know that's the way it is what if a guy goes down with an injury then you're gonna have to roll on yeah. to the next the next guy so th- that's a great mindset to have um mm-hmm. i um got a mess i message out here to the guys um out in the production van here we're gonna uh, queue up some footage here and i i gotta i gotta lay it down for the guys that everyone that's listening on the podcast um one of the best moments of my of my life and jerry's as well um in the Big Ten Championship in 2015, um, I think that you guys, you, your, your play caused structural damage to Lucas Oil Stadium. With that place, I've never felt like a roof was legitimately going to blow off a place um, yeah. until after we saw this place. So we're gonna we're gonna run this clip real quick. Um, hopefully it runs smooth. If not, hey, w- we remember it because we watched it a thousand times. And then we want you mm-hmm. to kind of walk us through afterwards what you were thinking, how that how that play broke down. Okay. Yeah. Play fake.
0: Bethard sets up deep in the pocket. Goes down the field for Smith. sin vandenberg right
2: at the safety and as soon as he bites there he goes and the middle of the field is wide open what a throw from cj beather man that gets me fired up just watching that all <laughs> over again that was freaking awesome all right i'm gonna shut up now and you walk us through that
1: <laughs> yeah i mean i believe that play happened was that early in the third or earlier in the fourth? I think it was like the first play of like the, maybe the fourth quarter. The beginning the of the, the, beginning of the four, fourth, it was fourth. the beginning of the fourth quarter. Yeah. Yeah. And we were talking about, you know, being able to beat them deep, like the, almost the whole entire game. And, you know, um, we talked about on the sideline like, Hey, can you, you know, can we, can we beat them deep? And be like, yeah, I mean, of course we definitely can. And, we, um, we finally did it, and of course, you know, that play worked out and, you know, brought us back into the game, of of course. And unfortunately, I know everybody is uh, still hurt about it. Of course, I am too, but, you know, yeah. it's the, you win some, you lose some.
0: So what goes through your mind on that catch then? Because you look up, you see, I mean, was it just all to you the entire way or was there any mm-hmm. uh, other, any other options or – yeah, I was gonna say when that's in the air. I mean, are you just going through the like we were talking about the catches? Or are you just going through the practice mode, or I mean, are you thinking, "Oh crap, he just threw me the ball"? Or I mean, what's what's going through your mind? I mean,
1: honestly, for me, it was just just run. He has an arm, so for me, it was just make sure you just run, just run as fast as you can, just go as deep as you can, and C J is going to get it there. And uh, that was my that was my main thing. And then catching the ball was just i i guess it's just focus i mean it's i guess it was our first time playing indoors as well so i mean there's a lot of lights and a lot of stuff going on and to be honest i didn't i didn't even hear how how loud the crowd was at the time because i was just so locked in until i heard like you know obviously in the game uh or sorry after the game uh the highlights so definitely and, you know, when I, when I, okay. I a huge a huge play
0: so you couldn't hear the crowd, could you? Hear Gus Johnson? I think he yelled so loud on the TV that uh, you, <laughs> yeah, know, you exactly. probably heard him a few blocks down the street. I
2: yeah, gotta say, right. like I love Gus Johnson, but when he calls that Big Ten championship game, that guy yells so much. And I'm, I even tweeted I'm like, Gus, you're gonna have a heart attack, man. Like, dial it, <laughs> dial it down a notch. He's just screaming. But for some odd reason, when I watch that highlight, it doesn't bother me at all. I think it just yeah, pisses exactly. me off when he's calling someone, somebody else's game um going and and like you talked about you know that that it sucked losing that game but as fans like we couldn't have been more proud of you guys and that's why Mm -hmm. every hawkeye fan stayed and gave you guys a round of applause when you guys went off the field because you guys fought like hell Mm -hmm. and you guys played your butts off and as diehard hawkeye fans our whole life you know we you don't want to lose ever but you couldn't have been more proud of of your of our team and the way that you guys fought
1: right yeah no i agree i mean um it came down to the wire, uh, and, and to this day, I mean, I, I think it's probably one of the one of the best games I've been a part of, just because it it, it was from beginning to end, um, you know, like typical Big Ten football all the way down to the end, um, ground and pound. So, I mean, I definitely had a great time uh, in that game, and of course, yeah, like I said, we, you know, wins on you lose, some, but I would definitely put that on one of the top games I've been a part of. So going into the
0: preparation then for the Rose bowl after that, was there any great stories when you guys, uh, you know, leading up to the game when you're in California, anything behind the scenes or what was, what was your favorite part of the experience of going after the Rose bowl?
1: Um, I would say we actually, when we, when we did go to the Rose bowl, we were able to, um, we were able to go to a Lakers game court side. It was, uh, it was like maybe about four of us, um, able to go because, uh, a teammate, obviously, um, Anthony gear. He's obviously, uh, one of the next archive as well. His best friend, um, is Juliet Randall. They went to high school together. Um, so we were able to, uh, go to, go to a game and that was, that was one of the highlights, um, of, 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 you know, being in LA, staying right across the street from the Staples center and being able to be a part of uh, a Lakers game and, and, you know, um, the rest in of the season, Kobe Bryant. But that was like his last year, so they were doing all the tributes and mm-hmm. and all and all that stuff, like for his last mm-hmm. his last go round. Um, so we got to experience that, of course, and I'd I say that that's definitely something that you know I can definitely um tell my kids uh, later on in life.
2: No, that's cool. I, I was able to go. Um, I I sat in the third row back at a Clippers game, and just to sit there, mm-hmm. I was like. Man, it was awesome. You see some characters, especially at the Staples Center. Like you know, growing up in yeah. in Iowa, and I've lived in Kansas City and some some other Midwest mm-hmm. cities. But you haven't seen people till you've gone to Los Angeles. <laughs> there is yeah. uh, there, there's some characters And Then I look over and Billy Crystal is sitting like you know right across the way. I was like, wow, you mm-hmm. know, so that was that, you know, that's pretty cool and pretty surreal. Uh, Take us through uh, the actual game experience uh, playing Stanford. Uh, We ran into uh, the wall that is Christian McCaffrey, the man's a machine and just pretty much shredded us. And, um, you know, I felt like you know, as, as Hawkeye fans, you know, and I'm sure you guys did as too. Uh, our, our defense is always stout, and it was shocking mm-hmm. to all of us that we don't, we especially with that time to prepare, we stop everybody, and yeah. nobody is able to go off on us like that. I think that's a testament to his talent, and that yep. he's probably robbed of the Heisman Trophy that year. Um, walk us through that game and, and how that developed, and how tough that was.
1: Um, I, I mean, of course, I'm sure it was tough. Tough for you guys to watch and tough for other fans to watch. And, and just imagine how it felt for us to be on the field and experiencing that as well, you know? But yeah. I will say that I was actually just talking about this um, maybe about a week ago. And I said, I've never seen or been a part of a game. Like, we were literally a part of history that game just because Christian McCaffrey literally did everything. And like you said, it goes, it goes, it goes to show how talented the man is. And, you know, he's still talented to this day, He's doing really well for himself. He's having a really great career and, um, you know, good, for, good for him. And I mean, like, but yeah, that the game itself, obviously, you know, the game that you really don't want to be on the other end of, but like I said, it was, it was an experience for, and I'm sure it was a good experience. For a lot of guys, and you know, it definitely, um, put a chip on a lot of guys' shoulders, um, you know, for us, you know, we we at the time we only lost one game. So, uh, you know, like, like like I said, for the program, I think it was good to, you know, kind of let let us know that you know you you can be beat no matter what mm-hmm. your record is. So, I that's that's one thing that I that I that I took out of that game that you know we're definitely beatable. I mean, Michigan State was close; we almost won the game, but we can still get our butts kicked. Buying in the country, so.
0: Well, Stanford had a little bit of an axe to grind, I think, that year too, because they were part of the national championship talk until late in the season, and yeah, I'm sure that got them up as well. So, of course, yeah. but
2: <clears throat> their band was the worst. I hate that band. They, I don't know if you heard about that, Tavon, but their whole entire halftime show was like making fun of the people of Iowa about how we're a bunch really? of redneck redneck was- hicks and like how I like... I think I heard of
1: it, a- but I never got to physically watch it. I never got to actually oh, yeah.
2: watch it, so... The, the, Wasn't there some...
0: Wasn't there some sort of a reference to farmersonly.com during their yes. halftime show yes. or something like that. Yes, it?
2: and saying that we were all inbred and like we don't have any teeth and all this stuff. I'm like, and then afterwards <laughs> I looked up stuff about their fan ba- or about their band and like they're per- like they've been permanently banned from like a lot of stadiums around the country because that's kind of what oh, they wow. do. And and I'm like, man, that you know, that kind of pissed me off when I was watching it, but it's kind of cool. Like I kind of <laughs> yeah. like it. Like, like if a band's yeah. put on a halftime show like that, I'm I'm not going to get another drink or go to the bathroom i'm sitting i'm gonna watch that
1: yeah
2: yeah so um so all right at, Matt, Adam, ahead, it's Jerry. probably a
0: good time uh, we've got our new uh, segment the kid question of the day if you want to go ahead and handle that uh something we've been integrating so
2: you just read my mind that's exactly where <laughs> i was going next great Jerry. partnership that's chemistry right there. All right, so Tavon, we got a new segment coming up. Um, it's our kid question of the day. We reach out to some kid Hawkeye fans, and they ask us a question that uh, they want you to, to answer for them. And uh, this one's brought to you by uh, Meyer Electric in uh, Pomeroy, Iowa, with shockingly good service for over 73 years, Meyer Electric. All right, so – the kid question of the day, it's a little two-part question. What is your favorite pregame snack? And if you could be any superhero, Mar- Marvel or DC,
1: who would you be? Okay. My pay- my favorite uh, pregame snack, I will say, is probably a nice omelet in the morning. Um, You're fancy. Yeah. I mean, I'd say we were a little bit spoiled uh at Iowa. So in the morning we had like an omelet station. Wow. So we were able to wow. get omelets in the morning. Um and then, you know, there was some steak there too. But I would say the I would say the omelet was definitely one thing um that I that I like to that I like to have. And then of course the night before we had ice cream, you know, kinda to kinda uh unwind at night. So I'd say that 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 was one another thing too that that I like. But nice. my favorite, the one superhero. If I can be one superhero, I would say Spider Man. Spider
2: Man. All right, yes, all right. Are absolutely. you are you the tra- traditional Spider Man? Are you rocking the black suit? I'm a fan of the black suit. I think that's I think by I'm far the. I'm a fan coolest of the one.
1: black suit too. I, I yeah. think I am a fan of the black suit too. You know, oh, at night, good. I don't. The, the, mm-hmm. You know, when you're in the black, you can't be seen. You no.
2: Know? Oh, it's so badass. Mm-hmm. That's by far my favorite.
0: Well yeah. full disclosure these really aren't kid questions Adam just lays awake at night wondering <laughs> these things so
2: I do with with my marvel superhero toy
0: yeah, he, he was
1: he was so happy about the black spider Yeah. yeah.
0: He, he wears the pajamas at night so
1: hey, hey. don't
2: hate them they're comfortable man <laughs> they're awesome um so we wanted to ask you to and um, we just put a little feeler out there we like to ask all former players um if you had any funny or interesting stories from like the locker room or weight room, anything that you look back on now and you're like, man, that was crazy. That was really you know, hilarious that the average fan, like say like Jerry or myself that we wouldn't know anything about.
1: Um, I'm not going to say any names, but I will say okay. that there, there was a, there was a, a few guys that, you know, talked a lot in the locker room and, you know, we, we, uh, we scheduled a boxing match, and I won't say who won
2: a boxing match fun to
1: watch yes, we we would have them uh box in the locker room, wow, and um obviously for fun, not serious, yeah, but it was it was definitely fun to watch one of them would definitely say he would definitely say that he can like box anybody in the locker room, so there was one guy that was saying, you can, okay, what about me? And he's like, yeah. And so, the, and we, we did a few of those, which was very fun to watch. And, and yeah, but like I said, I won't, whoever it is, they know who won. And whoever lost, they know who it was. <laughs> 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 I love it. That's awesome. So with, uh,
0: so. so with Kittle as your teammate, was there any uh, pro wrestling uh, in the locker room as well, or was it all just strictly boxing?
2: yeah was he that wild in college, or did this just like start happening
1: as a pro um I'd say that Kittle was always kittle um <laughs> it's just he's just able to you know be 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 more kittle now you know okay which is great okay. to, which is great to see he's always been that guy in the locker room he's always been funny and goofy and you know um very very open um so to 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 myself and I'm sure to everybody else is no surprise to how he is now. Awesome. Well, Tabon one of the guys that we all love in the locker room. So, I mean, it's good to see that he's you know still everybody loves him now. So, like I said, no surprise. Great dude. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, don't be getting in any boxing matches in the CFL locker room. We got to keep those <laughs> hands healthy for catching touchdowns.
1: And yeah. No, I I, I I do have a pair in my in, in my locker. I will say that. Really? All right. Yeah, I do. Just lay around, you know. We, we kind of okay.
0: Who wants to box today? Uh oh, man. Well, <laughs> all right. So, so beyond boxing, we got to do one more thing. I, to Iowa fans, it's your signature move. But we got to have a Tavon dab before you get out of here, like you oh, did yeah. in Michigan State end zone. Can can we get a Tavon dab out of these? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Where you, right after <laughs> Michigan State. That's yeah. as well known as the play, I think. So.
2: Oh yeah, yep. you know how many kids across the state of Iowa were doing that <laughs> after you did that every time they caught a football?
1: <laughs> every single time.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, every, every single time they're doing the tavon. Like I know a lot of kids that called it a tavon smith, they didn't even called it a dab. Like that was wow. it was renamed for a lot of kids after you did it. that.
1: Wow, that hey, that that I wish I knew that. That would that would've been cool, man. Oh, it's cool awesome. You know.
2: Dude, thank you so much for, you know, all Mm -hmm. the memories you created for Hawkeye fans over the years. And, you know, like again, all, all your amazing catches and the catch in the Big Ten championship that created so much joy and so many awesome memories for all those diehard Mm -hmm. Hawkeye fans. We're continually watching and rooting for you, uh, back here in the Midwest, hoping that you get another shot in the NFL. And if not, Man, we hope you just shred it up in the CFL like crazy and set some records. I
1: appreciate that. I really appreciate that. I appreciate yeah. you guys having me and it was a lot of fun hopping on hopping on here with you guys.
0: And uh t- and tell them to improve their coverage down here in the states. I mean, I don't know if they can not translate from Canadian as Adam would say, but uh you know, we'd love to get some more CFL down here so that we can uh, keep
1: up with you. Hey, so, we, uh, do what you can uh, about gonna that. My, my, I'm going to try my best. I'm going to try my best.
2: All, all right. right. Hey, when you sign your first maple syrup endorsement, you give us a call <laughs> and come on we're going to talk all about it. Okay, man. I got you. I got you. Uh, all right. All right, Tavon. Best of luck in the future. Uh, we really appreciate you coming on. It was an honor and we always end it with a go Hawks. Go Hawks. Yeah, baby.
0: Thanks, Tavon. Got
1: That little, little touch right here.